With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's edition of the Three Team Parlay, we're going to talk Texans we are going to talk bears and we are going to talk titans and why titans because it was a special request of one of our patreons and next week you can count on the seattle seahawks when the patreons talk we listen and i tell you who you're going to be excited to listen to he is my co-host he is the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair how are you buddy I am always good, my friend. The heat is finally starting to die down. It was in the 60s today. Northern blood cannot handle the heat. I'm I'm a Viking at heart. I need the snow and I need the crisp winter air. And listen, nobody is actually excited to hear me rant and rave about Houston, Chicago, and the Titans because we have had some great teams in this one. I got news. I'm going to foreshadow a little bit. I'm going to hate on a lot of them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard not to, but I think after the success of last week's episode, and and thank you to everyone who's been downloading the shows, the, the numbers have been just fantastic, terrific even, and we knew we were going to do good. We know the Eagles and the Browns are very uh, polarizing teams, and then the 49ers are good as well, so thank you for all those downloads. Uh, just a couple of bits of housekeeping. We've we got some stuff to roll through. Uh, on Wednesday's show, you heard Kyle from the new Fantasy Football Smackdown podcast. This guy, Jerry, was his co-host on the edition that dropped Tuesday. And I got to tell you, man, you you guys were uh, doing good. I was a little bitter. 
when I found out that we, we couldn't record the, the Wednesday show uh, because our schedules didn't line up, but it was ironic that your schedule lined up with, with Kyle. Well, it was, it was Sunday and Monday, two different days, but Kyle's been on me and Kyle is, he is relentless when he wants to be. Uh, but we, we found a way to record it and we, Honestly, we just bullcrapped for a good, just like we do, right before we hit recording, having a good time. Eventually, he hit record, didn't even notice. It's just two dudes talking, just bullcrapping, lying about how good we are at this, lying about how Bill O'Brien is going to have a winning franchise in 2020. Uh, I, th- I thought you guys did great, and it was very enjoyable. And, and yes, if you like podcasts, it just sounds like two guys having a conversation in a bar over a couple of brews. That's what I really took from this and there was some great auction startup uh based on the stuff that you guys had recently done together but i I thought it was a great show so make sure you you check out the fantasy football smackdown and our buddy kyle uh i did the first youtube show it was a live stream so you actually have to look for under live shows it does not show as a posted video I'm, i'm i'm navigating the rocky waters of youtube uh as soon as we get some more stuff in we will start posting more on YouTube. Uh, this, these shows next week, hopefully, will be streamed on YouTube. Uh, we're going to record on Monday and Tuesday next week, usually around 9, 9.30. I'll try to get my co-hosts that night uh, to post a live link so that you can join us on the live feed if you're interested. Jerry, you, you've got a face for radio. You ready for this? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna have to try and not pick my nose while we're having the while we're while we're talking. I know it's a it's a it's a problem, and, and you know, Randy actually has a sign that tells me to stop picking my nose while we're doing this show. But <laughs> no, I'm super excited. Listen, self deprecation is sort of my my mo, my modus operandi. But no, I'm so excited. And if anyone makes fun of me, or if I do end up picking my nose. Feel free to comment and not in the live chat. Yeah, you uh, you are a nose picker. I, I when I did the live feed with Nick. So what the show was on Sunday's live feed was uh, this week's edition of the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. So I had a gentleman named Nick on. He's one of our Patreons. He was willing to jump in the ring and have his mug on YouTube Live. I, I had like a very Ricky Bobby moment. Like you know, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm constantly rubbing together like a B-level movie villain. I, I, I don't know. It's good. I, I didn't have like the nicest shirt in the world on. I, I just really felt all sorts of out of sorts. My, my thoughts weren't flowing correctly because I'm worried about the, the live, you know, the mustard on your shirt. No, I don't eat mustard. Get out of here. It was, it was just the. The, the newness of it, but it, it'll come around. Uh, what I really want the YouTube to be, yes, we'll, we'll start live streaming the show if you want to get the early feed or you just like using YouTube as your medium to consume pods and fantasy football slash dynasty fantasy football content. But I really want them to be like 10 minute, 15 minute instructional videos. I don't want to give too much away because I've got to get that nailed down. Uh, the the happy hour, the happy hour contractor, obviously just talked about it with Nick this week. That'll be out sometime this weekend. And uh, Jerry, the Dynasty Warzone crew has gone has grown officially from three. Excuse me, from two to three. What do you know about that? Uh, I know we have someone that 
made the collective IQ of the show triple in one double fill, one quick smooth. Uh, At least co- exponentially doubled. Like, like yeah. It, like he took my IQ and your IQ and he added them together and then like uh, hit him with like the power of two. Super smart. I mean, guy. my my IQ of six didn't help anybody in this equation, but this is true. Jerry's got two brain cells left, and they're wrestling. And but we brought a doctor on board, a legit, not a Twitter doctor, not a guy who starts fights with uh with you know his time in the gym or whatever. Nope, this is a legit doctor of physical therapy. He lends great credibility to the show from an injury standpoint, a reoccurrence of injury standpoint. And I gotta be honest, man. With the exception of like the the fantasy footballers who has the I know the last his last name's Betts, and then obviously the ESPN show has Stefania Bell. I'm really excited to have Kyle on board with us. He's gonna be on the Monday show for sure, and we're gonna rank the ten players that are the most likely to have an injury reoccurrence for 2020. It's gonna be our last ranking show. We did all those ranking shows to get us through the month of June, this dead period, if you will, of the NFL. But, man, I'm really excited, Jerry. I'm excited because I've never actually gotten to talk to Kyle. You had him on the contractor. He did the bit that's on the, the contractor. Yeah, It's unfair. This is I know you are the man that carries me around. You have the sore back from just picking me up and just dragging me along with you. But I, I want to talk to the doctor. I have to pick the knowledge. I am the one that steals the knowledge on this show for my own benefit. So that's why I need to talk to Dr. Kyle. And he will be referred to as Dr. Kyle from here on out. I mean, if I was a doctor, I mean, I'm kind of a doctor. I'm like a doctor of love, doctor of fantasy football. Oh, Jesus. But, but, but I, don't have, I don't have any diplomas on the wall that say doctor of anything. And Listen, if, if you're good at Photoshop, someone please get this man a doctor of love or a doctor of dynasty diploma. Jerry, that's, what, that, that's, that's my livelihood. I, I work for an organization. We make graduation supplies. We make diplomas. That's what we do. If I wanted one bad now, I'd just make it myself. <laughs> Randy's just pretending to work while he's printing out Doctor of Love, Memphis. I mean, I love it. I think you should have it. That's that's what I think should be on the YouTube show. That should be the background. Uh, just like a giant six foot <laughs> by six foot fake diploma that says Doctor of Love. That would be great. All right. Last couple of things real quick. Five-star reviews, uh, regardless of pod platform, they're booming. We're racing toward 100. But, Jerry, we've got a contest going. Are, are you down for some contest? Oh, boy. Always good for contests. So, Jerry, myself, and good friend of the show, Kyle. Now, we covered this on Wednesday's show. Uh, we chipped in with good friend of all of ours and former co-host of this show, Mike Jernigan. And we chipped in some bucks. Not some bucks. A lot of bucks. And we bought an autographed, uh, one of those authentic, uh, authenticating sites. They verified that this is a legit DK Metcalf signed jersey. It's the Speed Green. I call it Speed Green. Does that work for you? I That works for me. I don't know what the actual, it's not Honolulu Blue, so I don't know anything else. It's like Baby Puke Neon. <laughs> it's, it's, they, they know what it is. You had it with Baby Puke. There you go. So you can win this. It's real simple. It costs you nothing. So Here's how you get entries into this drawing, for lack of a better term. You will get one entry if you go to uh, any of your... No, I'm sorry. It has to be iTunes. We agreed to iTunes. It has to be iTunes. Uh, You get one entry if you go to the Dynasty Warzone feed and leave a five-star. In the comments, you can leave your name, your email address, or your Twitter handle. 
Um, that gets you entry number one. To get entry number two, you go over to the Fantasy Football Smackdown podcast feed, leave them a five-star review, and in the comments, again, put your email address or your name or your Twitter handle. That gets you two entries. And you can get a bonus third entry that is inspired by Scott Fish, uh, the patron saint of fantasy football. This guy is a good dude. And what we want you to do is just show us a pic of you doing good in the neighborhood. Man, whether that's you helping out at Habitat for Humanity, donating your time at like a, maybe like a homeless shelter, um, spending time at a nursing home. I know that's one thing my wife, uh, when we were first married, she worked in HR at a nursing home. And that was always one of the biggest things they were trying to do was get volunteers to come by and spend time with these elderly folks playing cards or just chatting, you know, coaching a little league team or any donation of your time. We don't want to see your tax return that showed that you donated several thousands of dollars to charity. If you can do that, you can afford to buy your own DK Metcalf autographed jersey. But if you got a picture of yourself doing good, doing something, donating time, that'll get you three entries. Uh, the first weekend of August, because Kyle's last name is August, we're going to take all of those names. We're collecting them at the Dynasty War Zone. He's collecting them at the Fantasy Football Smackdown. And we're going to do a live drawing on the Dynasty War Zone YouTube feed. So someone's going to win the jersey, and we're going to ship it over to them. And if you don't venture into the cesspool that is the Twitter sphere, and you don't want to uh, tag us in your photos, send them to dynastywarzone at gmail.com or fantasyfootballsmackdown at gmail.com. You can send the screenshots of your reviews and of your uh, charitable donation of time. You can send those to us via email. So that's how we do it, Jerry. And you get assigned DK Metcalf jersey or the chance to get one for nothing. For and it, it, it it's so easy to do. It's and. so easy Jerry could do it. Oh, and by the way, one thing, if you've already rated or reviewed the show, first of all, thank you, but but you can do that. All you have to do is go into your iTunes review, re-review it at five stars, and then you can leave new comments. I recently did this over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. I had to put myself over. Uh, I gave it five stars again because I had... Randy, Randy is super handsome and smart. No, nope. it, it, it's pretty simple. It's like that that Memphis guy sounds great. Um, but now my review is like one of their top reviews and you can do the same thing. If you've already reviewed and, and some of the nice things you guys have been putting in reviews have just been really touching. They've made us laugh. They made us appreciate, um, that we're, we're doing good things out here. So that's how you get involved in the contest. Last thing, social media, dynasty war zone on Instagram, on Twitter, been doing a better job on Instagram, a lot better on Instagram. And I am Che, I have changed my handle. For the last, I think, three years, I have been at DFF Memphis, and I will always have the DFF, that's Dynasty Football Factory, in my heart, but I have to lean toward the brand that is ours. Um, again, nothing but much love to Michael Goings and all the guys at the DFF. I would have never met Jerry. I would have never met Kyle, uh, Shane, Manella, John Dabari, and Sipes, and so many others if it hadn't been for the DFF, but it's time to put the DWZ in the Twitter handle, I am now found at DWZ Memphis. Jerry, I'm just like you now, buddy. Welcome to the party. Yeah. Listen, you're you're the fearless leader of of this ocean liner. So it's only fitting that the captain finally gets his badge. 
does that make me like Captain Ahab or like the guy who's like the captain on like the Titanic? Do I go out there and tell him to put the cello away on the deck of the Titanic? If there is anyone that is the captain of the Titanic on this show, it is me. Don't you dare steal that glory from me. If anyone's going to sink it, uh, it's going to be Jerry. That's all right. I'm the unsinkable Memphis Brown. All right, man. Enough fooling around. We, we've, uh, we've been going long enough. Let's talk about Houston, man. Let's just jump right into this. Uh, actually, and tonight we'll actually close out an entire division. With us covering Houston and Tennessee, we've already covered the Colts. I covered the Jags. So the AFC South will be closed. Uh, you won't hear any more of those teams going forward. Uh, let's talk Houston. They finished in that middle third last year. They finished 15th overall in points per game with 23.6. They were 17th in total plays with 1,017. 13th in total yards with just under 5,800. Uh, passing, man, you would think with as productive as Deshaun Watson is, they would have had more passing attempts, but actually they were 20th uh, with 534. But they were right dead in the middle of the league, 15th in total passing yards, just a hair under 3,800. In the rushing game, this was very surprising uh, because basically they had Carlos Hyde and uh, Lamar Miller got hurt, but this team finished yeah. 12th in rush attempts last year, Jerry. That's that's something because who else? Oh, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson was the, the other guy. And yeah. Lamar, Lamar runs the ball a little bit. I think it was, was, it, was it something Gibson? Uh, Alfred Blue? Yeah, so I, was, some some big old pile of poop sandwich was over there too. If Carlos Hyde is your is the shiny new toy in your pocket, thousand, thousand yard rusher Carlos Hyde, you put some respect on that man's name. Here. Listen, and that's he's one of the guys that's disrespected that I usually like. But come on, hey, if he's the best you got to offer, come on, come I, on. Don't be surprised with 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 word on the street with Rashad Penny being hurt. Uh, and potentially going on the pup to start the season. Chris Carson's coming off of a hip injury, and then it's Carlos Hyde and a couple of young dudes. Don't be surprised if Carlos Hyde at some point this season is at fantasy relevant, but we're not talking about him. If I had told you before we recorded this, Jerry, that Houston finished ninth in rushing yards with over 2,000 rushing yards, would you believe me? Not a chance in hell I would have believed you. Not a fiery, uh, not a fiery pit of hell would you have believed that. Um, one thing we've been adding... Uh, started last week with the new information. I love new information. ESPN did that can, uh, continuity article, so I've been pulling the offensive stuff. This team actually, you think with DeAndre Hopkins gone, their offensive snaps returning would be lower, but they're actually returning 83.3% of their offensive snaps from last year. That's the ninth most in the league. And the folks over at the Action Network have their over-under number at eight. So, Jerry, who's new? Uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Randall Cobb at the wide receiver position, and I did throw in a young man named Isaiah Coulter. Who's gone? DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller, and the aforementioned Carlos Hyde. Those were the big names. Jerry, um, get into these. Give, give me some stock up, stock down on, on the quarterback here, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, that, that dude's going to be fine, I think. I mean, you lose somebody like Deshaun Watson, or like DeAndre Hopkins and it's you know it sucks it's super polarizing it blew everybody's phones up I was flabbergasted when I saw it too just like everybody else but with Randall Cobb and with Brandon Cooks I think they're going to be okay I mean Brandon Cooks is a dude that had four or five straight years of almost 1100 yards before you know crapping his pants last year 
I think he's going to be okay. He's that that situation. He's going to be able to recover that just fine. I think Deshaun Watson is fine. I think the popular thing is to think he's, you know, going to struggle because DeAndre Hopkins is gone, but I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's right about where he was. I don't think anything changed for him. If anything, it might actually make him a smarter quarterback. It's like when Stafford lost Calvin Johnson. He was just so used to just chucking it to one thing, and then eventually he he had to grow. And I don't I don't think it's that bad. What about you? Are you what what is Randy's thought? Are you buying the hype that it's going to be bad for him, or do you are you sort of with me thinking it, he's got a shot to just keep it going? Let me let me ask you this: Would you think that like a Peyton Manning level talent would ever be? Did the wide receivers make him or did he make the wide receivers? I always said that a guy like Peyton Manning made a lot of jabronis, a lot of jabronis, a lot of money in his career. A lot of dudes got a lot of cash on the back of the talent of Peyton Manning. Not that they wouldn't have been somewhat successful on their own, but he took some guys to the next level. And I'm talking guys like Brandon Stokely. I'm talking guys like like, uh, Dallas Clark. They probably would have been okay NFL players, but with – with Peyton Manning, these guys made a ton of money, and and that I'm not ready to call Deshaun Watson Peyton Manning. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying he's a next level talent, man. I doubted this guy coming out of Clemson, and uh, Dabo Sweeney said that he had a Michael Jordan quality to him. I don't know if that's the case, but I know this guy. He's a baller, and he's he's super intelligent, and I absolutely love this kid. Uh, again, I always joke around with. Deshaun Watson and, and Kyler Murray, that they're my four and five QBs in a startup. I think today, because I'm doing the Texans, that I'm going to say that that Watson's my four today. Could change tomorrow, but as of today, he's my four. He's a stock hold, and I'll buy. If you have a trepidatious owner out there who thinks that D-Hop leaving and the fact that Will Fuller's always hurt and you don't like Bill O'Brien, cool beans, man. How can I get Deshaun Watson? I actually bought Deshaun Watson in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League from Tyler Gunther. Uh, it did cost me an arm and a leg. It was a it was a good deal. It was a fair deal. Uh, I got Watson, and I believe it was a third. Maybe it was a second. I don't remember for sure, but I I, I got a, a a not first round pick. How about that? And in return, I sent Tyreek and Jordan Love. Uh, I really wanted Watson. I had a ton of wide receivers in this league. And now my starting quarterbacks are Watson and Goff. So uh, if that tells you how I feel about Watson, I don't know what else would. Let me ask you a question about Watson. Do you think he is the most viable elite quarterback in the league right now? I, I think because of the steam on Kyler Murray and Dak signing his free agent contract this week, I think out of my top five quarterbacks in a startup, he is by far the most viable. And if you put just a little bit of uh, salt, because you, you can't put sweetener on a deal to you know buy. You don't want to make the price go up, so you wouldn't put sweetener on it. If you want to rub salt in the wound of the Deshaun Watson owner, look no further than Bob, a.k.a. Bill O'Brien, and talk about how he lost DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you could literally find someone tripping. And what is the guy, like 25 years old? Yeah. I mean, super young. He's got the world ahead of him. I absolutely think that, you know, this this guy's great. So I'm going to stop the uh, Deshaun Watson love fest. Let's talk about some running backs. Now, I got a little heat from Kyle on the Wednesday show about ranking these guys in the top 10 
of the double trouble running back tandems. But I think Duke and David Johnson, for me, uh, I said that you love Johnson, so you, this is going to be your backfield. Uh, I, I, th- I think David Johnson's going to get fed, and I think he's a stock hold. I think his sell window will be around week six. Uh, but again, Bill O'Brien, he's a man of pride, probably to a fault, and he's not going to go down uh, without a swinging. And he's going to be swinging by giving David Johnson tons of touches. Again, he made the corpse of Carlos Hyde something. He'll make the corpse of David Johnson something. So uh, firmly in the camp of holding him. And then Duke Johnson, I think he's a hold too. I don't think you can get much for them on the open market right now. And the chance to sell these guys is going to be in season around, I don't know, around week six when maybe a, a contender loses a running back and needs somebody. I'm kind of, you know, hold looking to sell. Where are you at with these two? Dude, I am not a person that likes fantasy podcasts where the co-hosts agree with each other. I, If I was going to write a report on these running backs, I would have had to source you because I would have just said the exact same thing. I mean, it, you have sort of sold me on the fact that Bill O'Brien is going to need to force feed David Johnson. So I 100% with you on that one. I cannot build upon that any better or more. All right, man, let's let's jump into these uh, wide receivers. Now we got Brandon Cooks, who came over from the Rams. You know, and I, I did something because all these guys have the, the, the label of injury concern. Would you buy that? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So, so I, I did some digging. You know, Brandon Cooks, he's been eligible to play 96 games in his career. He's played six seasons. He started 88 games. He's only missed six games in six seasons. He misses an average of one a year. You know, people think that, you know, he's a concussion away from dying. He's the next Jordan Reed. But I, I got to tell you, if if I had to have one of these guys, I think he's a buy. I think he's a, a slight stock up. People hate this man. And I know that I'm playing with fire. But sometimes I, I don't think – I think Katie Flower from the UTH says it best. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. You're not going to win a championship. He's the kind of guy that I, I really think that he and Deshaun – Watson will bond. Will Fuller, now, he's been eligible to have played 64 games. He's actually suited up for about two-thirds of that in 42. Uh, Kenny Stills has actually suited up for uh, 107 of 112. So he's pretty durable in his own right. Uh, But he's only been listed as the starter 77 times. For me, uh, Cooks is the buy. And I think Will Fuller is presumed based off of a couple of boom games last year. I think he's presumed to be the, the one or has the potential to be the one, and then Stills. Normally in this situation, like if this is a redraft league, I would much rather have Stills because I can get him super late and get him super cheap. But if I had to have one for Dynasty, I'm going to gamble on Brandon Cooks. I, 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 I like the talent. I finally come around because he's finally at a price that I'm willing to pay. I think you can get him for a second. And with wide receivers, again, draft running backs, trade for wide receivers – uh, on a good offense, Jerry, what am I missing? Nah, listen, the hate has gone too far for Brandon Cooks. We're talking about what I would uh, presume would be the wide receiver one in Houston because Will Fuller doesn't play. Let's uh, let's we don't have to putz around the topic. I like watching Will Fuller dominate when he plays too, but my man doesn't. In those games where you said, what did you say, 44 out of something or two-thirds of the games or whatever he said? Uh, 42 out of 64. 42 out of 64. And another eight of those, he's in the tent, 
or he's banged up, or those are the ones where he plays in the first half and then he gets hurt and then he sits out for the other part of it. That's not the full story on him. Uh, sorry, he's a headache. And if if you have him late, I get it. I'm not. I can't be upset if you take Will Fuller late in a draft or if you want to acquire him for cheap because the upside is there. And if he plays, he is very good. The problem is if you're relying on him to be a consistent asset to your team, you are pissing that roster away. Brandon Cooks is... He was not great last year. Let's say I, I mentioned it earlier, right? but we're talking about a dude that has been consistently consistent a thousand to 1100 yards, four straight years. He has been a monster. He has shown it. And now he's got Deshaun Watson. Now he's always had a good quarterback, but he's got a young Deshaun Watson throwing to him. And he was brought in to replace Deandre Hopkins. This goes right back to the David Johnson situation. You need that pick to look good or you don't have a job. And that man likes the NFL coaching job because it just prints money and you get to buy whatever the hell you want. He's going to want those guys to succeed. I think he's going to make sure the offense has Brandon Cooks as a focal point. Hell yeah, I like Brandon Cooks. I I just drafted him in the Patreon League for that exact reason. I like the hell out of him and so cheap because like the brilliant Randy said, everybody thinks he's injury prone. 88 out of 96? Oh my God, if someone had consistent diarrhea, they would miss more games than this man does. No, I'm with you. Give me Brandon Cooks. One one of the great buys with real wide receiver two upside, like a high-end wide receiver two upside, and he is just not costing you that. Well, I I don't want to leave, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on Kenny Stills because I could really carry less. He's going into yeah, year I, I, eight. I didn't carry it, but he's going into year eight. You know, if if you're in a best ball league and you want to throw some cheap Kenny Stills on the back end of your roster, man, knock yourself out. But Brandon Cooks feels like the kind of guy, like if you're making one of those big boy trades, as I know you're you're prone to make, Jerry. You know, Brandon Cooks is like the like the 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 piece you tell the other owner, hey, you know what, screw it, man. You throw in Brandon Cooks, you got a deal, fine. You know, that, 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 that will push me over the edge. And and I could see a lot of owners right now being like, yep, I'll throw in some Brandon Cook. So for me, uh, I, I would love to get some. I'm going to make some Brandon Cooks trades when we're done recording this podcast. Uh, let's talk tight ends. You got Darren Fells. I think he's 87 years old. And then the guy that I want to talk about is Cahale Warren. Jerry, anything on Fells or Warren before I, I I'm going to let you go first this time. That way you don't have to agree with me. Maybe I'll agree with you. Listen, I don't have much on them. I liked Cahill Waring as a prospect, but I want to see it before I even worry about it. If he's on the back end of my roster, I'm, you know, he's staying there until I see something. So if you've got some profound stats for me or you just feel it deep down in your southern heart, let me hear it right now. All right. Let, let me uh, let me reference uh, again. Jerry, you're a student. You always got to reference your sources, right? That is correct. So playerprofiler.com threw Cahill Warren in there earlier, and, and, and here's what, what, what came out. Kid's six foot five. First of all, the tallest wide receiver on the team is the aforementioned rookie Isaiah Coulter. Everyone else is six foot one or shorter. Cahill Warren, six foot five, 252 pounds. And when you go across his uh, workout metrics, uh, 4640, okay, that's 80th percentile. Burst score, uh, 83rd percentile speed score, 83rd percentile, uh, catch radius, 84th percentile. 
This is a big man. I could see him totally being a red zone threat. He's a raw prospect, but he's a guy, man. Like you guys just did the uh, the Patreon startup, uh, Patreon 4. I mean, if, if he's not on the back end of someone's roster, he'd damn sure be on the back end of mine. I, I think this kid's stock way up. Uh, this is a team that's c- coming up going to have to pay Deshaun Watson a truckload of cash. And how do you save on that, man? you got to have cheap talent elsewhere. And this guy's going into year two of a four-year rookie deal. They invested third-round draft capital in the kid. I'm very intrigued. He did miss some time last year to injury. I think it could have been one of those New England-esque redshirt years by, you know, saying, hey, kid, you're hurt. Go on IR. And I, I think the kid's got amazing potential, uh, especially at a position that is, is pretty shallow right now. And, and let's say the worst does happen. Let's say Brandon Cooks does get hurt. We know Will Fuller's probably going to get hurt. Kenny Stills is Kenny Stills. Sorry, bud. I mean, if he's the guy, if he's the the Darren Waller of that offense with with Hopkins, Randy, you're playing with profit. I'm I'm telling you, you can get the kid for nothing, and he could wind. I mean, especially in a best ball. I mean, in in, in best balls, I know a lot of the FFPC. I think if they're tight end premium, you are doing yourself a disservice if you if you're trying to pick up the corpse of Kyle Rudolph and make him your tight end two or three. He, he does not, in my opinion, at this point in his career, have weak winning weeks left in him. This kid could. He very well could. With his speed score, I could see him snagging one you know, down the seam and just taking it to the house. Um, good athletic measurables, man. So I don't want to make this the, uh, the Houston Love Fest. I'm a Colts fan. Uh, but I, overall, no coaching staff changes of note. Uh, Bill O'Brien's still there. Uh, up, down, or neutral on the offense in general. I have it slightly down. I don't think the running game's as good, believe it or not. Uh, I, I think they'll have more PPR value than like actual rushing value this year. So it can be good for fantasy and bad for the overall team. Uh, it's, it's still a good offense, man. Anything attached to Deshaun Watson makes me want a piece. Uh, where are you at? I think about the same, but I, if it increased a little... I wouldn't be that shocked either. I mean, listen, you, uh, I, I don't remember the guy that you said, the one of the shows you watch where he talks about tractors and trailers. You know, Deshaun Watson is a tractor. He pulls the team, so he's going to be able to boost anybody. So I, I think it's going to be all right. Uh, I, again, got to cite my sources. That's Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. Thank you. Th- Thank that, you. That's uh, the uh, Move the Sticks podcast. He's like, some quarterbacks are tractors, some quarterbacks are trailers, you know, and, and, He's clearly a tractor. He's pulling that Texans offense, and so I, I I love I love the man. Let's 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 go to a team that I think's gonna have a couple of trailers at the quarterback position. That's the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Uh, this team finished 29th in points per game last year at 17.5. Uh, they were 14th in overall total plays. I was very befuddled by that. 1,020, but so just slightly above average in total plays, almost dead last in total yards. 29th in total yards, 4,750. They were 14th in pass attempts. Again, another like, holy cow, with 580, but 25th in passing yards with 32, we'll call it 3,300. They were 20th in rush attempts at 395, but they were 27th in rush yards. Oofa. We're going to get into David Montgomery here in a minute. Uh, what what they have coming back from an off, uh, offensive snap uh, standpoint, 84.1% of their offensive snaps are coming back. That's the eighth most in the league. 
Uh, the Action Network also has these guys over and under uh, at eight. Uh, who's new? I, I really only put Nick Foles. We're going to get into him into a se- in a second. Who's gone? Uh, the only really player of note that I put down was was Taylor Gabriel. They did not do a ton in the offseason. They did bring in rookie Cole Komet, and they did bring in Jimmy Graham. Uh, I'm not super high on either one of those moves uh, for this year. I could see Komet having some value in the in the future in, in Dynasty. But, uh, Jerry, I'm going to let you start with you. Let, let's talk quarterback here. Uh, what is there to say about the quarterbacks? Mitchell Trubisky is one of the great people to make fun of right now. I think that's fair to say. I don't think I'm stretching when I say that. In truth, he wasn't the worst that we've seen. Now, it can be argued because he only had 17 touchdowns. But 17 and 10 for being having such an egregious perceptive year is, I mean, not the worst. Uh, he's shown things. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. Is he the guy of the future? Eh, probably not. there's nothing that shows that he's all that great, but I think it's going to be better for him. And Nick Foles, listen, when Nick Foles gets the opportunity, Nick Foles is not bad. I mean, he he had the one season, whenever the heck that was 2013 or 2012, when he went like 28 and two. And then Carson Wentz goes down, he goes in, he wins a super bowl. You know, he's, he's, he's shown some things. I think the quarterback position, he's going to have a short leash. So the bears better start winning. Or big, uh, big stick Nick is coming to take that job. But I, I mean, I don't hate it. I think as much as people want to hate it. And as a Lions fan, I would like to see that just burn to the ground. But I don't think so. Are you? I, am I crazy? I could be crazy, right? I mean, you're definitely crazy. Now, I, I mean, I I'm, I'm like the, uh, the, the, the last remaining member. Of the Mitch Trubisky fan club, uh, and and I think I just bought him in uh, again the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. I didn't have a third quarterback. I just I didn't. I had Golf. I had Watson. I didn't have a third. I got him for a second and like uh, a few fab dollars. And I'm happy to play. I'm happy to pay. I will always burn a second round pick to the ground if I think it gives me a shot to win. Uh, and if and if if he hits, if he does what I think he can do. Then I'm going to do it because, you know, we all like Josh Allen, right? He's like a top, what, 6'8 QB in a startup right now? Oh, yeah. What, what if I told you Mitch Trubisky has a better career win percentage than Josh Allen? They both have made the playoffs once. Uh, actually, I, don't, I take that back. Mitch did not make the playoffs, but Mitch has got the better regular season record. Mitch is 19, excuse me, 23 and 18, but over the last three years, he's 19 and 10. So he, he was four and eight as a rookie. The the big thing with Mitch for me is that they they took away his rushing yards. Rushing, yeah. What, what what the blue hell happened with this man's rushing yard? So as a rookie, he rushed the ball forty one times in twelve games for two hundred and forty eight yards. Had two touchdowns. His sophomore campaign. This guy led me to the finals of the Scott Fishbowl in two thousand and eighteen. He was one of my two quarterbacks. He had 68 rushes. That's about four a game. Actually, a little bit closer to five for him because he, he missed a couple of games. He had 421 yards rushing, three TDs. And then last year, for whatever reason, he had only 48 rushes in 15 games. That's just over three a game. I, I, I do not get it. 
And I mean, all the kid did with with his passing last year was he, you know, he went down slightly in completion percentage. He went from 66 to 63, but his yardage was about the same. Uh, 3,100 versus 3,200, and his touchdowns went down. His touchdowns went from 24 to 17, but his INTs went from 12 to 10. No, I don't think he's Deshaun Watson. Yes, I think he was a bad pick, but I also respect the fact that he said, hey, I didn't deserve to have my fourth year, excuse me, my fifth year option uh, picked up, and I'm going to go out and work my tail off to to make them re-sign me. And I'm not concerned about Nick Foles. All he did last year in Jacksonville was go 0-4. He got hurt in the first game. He came back in week 11 and played so bad those next three weeks that the team pulled him in favor of Gardner Minshew, who went went on those last five games to have a QBR of 35. 35, that's, that's borderline terrible. And, you know, on the season in his four games, Nick Foles went three touchdowns and two interceptions. And there's a reason why he is into his ninth season on his sixth stint with a different team. All people remember, kind of like you started off with, with they remember the Super Bowl with Nick. You know, he, he won the Super Bowl. He saved the season for the Eagles. That doesn't mean it's sustainable. There's a reason why he's on his sixth stint. Now, I say six because he's been on five teams, but the Eagles twice. There's a reason. There is a reason why. And he's there to help Mitch Trubisky. He's there to push Mitch Trubisky. And if Mitch Trubisky fails, then he'll he'll be the he'll be the quarterback the back half of the season. I don't mind cheat Mitch Trubisky, Jerry. Do, do I have too much love for this man? I think you probably do have too much love for him. But I I like cheap Mitch Trubisky. I just talked about the Patreon. We just went over my team in that. I have Mitch Trubisky in that league because he's just going so stupidly late. That it's just, okay, thank you. And listen, I think the rushing thing that you mentioned was far and away the biggest difference. It's just, it, it, there there was that extra little bit of points that was making up for it. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't hit the touchdowns, which is, you know, 17 in 2020 is egregious. But I, I agree. I, I understand the hatred because he threw 17 touchdowns in 16 games. So that goes without saying, but I think it's the hate's gone too far. I sort of like him too. As far as that cheap guy, that QB three, I think you could do worse. I think you could do a lot worse, and I think he's going to get better. So, yeah, I think it it's probably bad that we're having this conversation because we are two of the few people that don't completely hate the man. Like if we had some, bar- if Seth was on here, we see, you know, if Seth wasn't enjoying his life and not, you know straining in the, the dynasty world he would probably call us bozos for this take being a bears fan it, it's just one of those things I, I don't want to throw stones at the coach but he doesn't call his plays you know there's a I reason mean, there's a reason why lamar jackson's successful the head coach john harbaugh and the offensive coordinator i think his name's greg roman i know his last name's roman for sure they've invested in building this offense about around what what lamar jackson can do and not the things that he can't do and Sean McDermott and the coaching staff in Buffalo, they accentuate the things that Josh Allen can do instead of what he can't do. If Matt Nagy is the genius that he was sold to us as when he came over from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Snake oil. So far, you know, again, focus on what this guy can do while building him up. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not a classic drop-back quarterback. Let him run. Let, let, let the defenses fear 
his legs. Again, is he Josh Allen or Lamar? No, he's not, but he's a very capable, that's the word I'll use, capable runner. So I, I like Mitch. I, I, I think, again, if you can get him cheap like I did, I have no problem with it. Um, yeah. I, I, no, I wouldn't use him in like a Scott Fishbowl type thing where you get penalized for incompletions. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, that'll be fun. But but still a better career passer than, than Josh Allen, who's going as QB like six or eight overall. So yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know. No, let's, I, let's get to the GOAT. I, I, I hear you rubbing those, those mitts together, you evil scientist. Let's talk about Monty and Cohen. For me, <laughs> Monty is, is a stock down, and I will buy all the cheap Tariq Cohen you got. Give me something on these running backs, dude. All right. I'm fine with Tariq Cohen. I'm fine with what you said about that. I I mean, he's just a dude that's going to get the passive work. David Montgomery doesn't. I mean, you look last year, he had a few games where he got three receptions, but the yardage on that was uh, 14 yards, 14 yards. Oh, he had one game where he got 36. None of that's impressive. None of that suggests that he's going to surmount Tariq Cohen in that aspect. What I will say about David Montgomery is you can hate how it looks when you watch him, which is sort of like Josh Allen. If you watch Josh Allen play, you're like, okay, this guy is not very good. And then you look on Sunday night and you go, oh, he got me 22 points. That's fantastic. I love that. I think that's sort of how David Montgomery is going to be in 2020. Because the thing is, he started to grow at the end of the year, not exponentially. He was still doing some of the same dumbassery that we saw all year. But he did get over four yards of carry four of the last five games last year, which does, is not setting the world on fire, but I'm not going to argue that he's going to set the world on fire. But before those last five games, Randy, he did that twice. And one of those games was the only game he cracked 100 until week 17. So he was so unbelievably ineffective and putrid for so long but he started to grow a little bit and he started to get a little better. I, I know the homie Nick Whalen doesn't like him and he's a bears fan. And that does say a lot because if you're watching the team a lot and they do not instill pride in you, that's not great. But I think as far as workload is concerned, which is the main thesis of this argument, he is going to get a workload and we have seen it. Last year, he, there were several games he got over 20 carries. I think as he gets more experience, he is going to have a few more of those. I think he's usable. I think he needs to be a sell, though, if he does step it up. This is not a situation where I think if he is more successful in 2020, that is it is a sign of things to come. I do think it is a great selling point, though, because if there's one thing that a second-year running back that is being pretty productive will do is skyrocket their value and you will be able to profit off of that. So that is my take on David Montgomery. Randy, tell me he's crap. That's what I want to hear. I, and I'll tell you what you want to hear. He's crap. I, I want no part of a guy who averages 3.7 yards per rush while averaging about two targets a game when he's got a guy in the backfield who got 104 targets last year. I No, thank you. I, I don't see it getting much better. Yeah, I know he came on late. I know he's the quote-unquote cheapest 250 rush attempts that, that you can get. Cool. Because if you believe in David Montgomery, then you have to believe in 
in Mitch Trubisky and this offense because that's the only way he's not going to see a ton of eight-man boxes. Nick Whalen, when this kid came out, said that you know he was underwhelming and his 3.7 yards per attempt validates that. And it's not like he had 60 attempts like Tariq Cohen. He had 242 and you know didn't even have 900 yards. You know, next to nothing in the passing game. Yeah, you know, if if you told me he could end up being a high-end LeGarrette Blunt without the 18 touchdowns, maybe. But this is a guy in Dynasty I want no part of. And if you can find a Bears fan, I think every league has one or close to. Um, or you can get out of this guy. I'm getting out of this guy. Again, when, when I'm looking at these running backs that have, you know, two guys, give me either A, the pass catcher, or the cheaper option. Hey, what the hell do you know? Tariq Cohen's both. I'll take the cheaper option, the pass catcher, who gets the PPR work. Why? Graham Barfield of Fantasy Points, you know, podcast, website, whatever you want to call it, he, he's done the math. Uh, a, a target is worth 2.8 times as much as one carry. So if a carry's worth one, a target is worth 2.8. So it doesn't take long that even though Montgomery got those 242 carries, the weight of Tariq Cohen's passing game volume more than offsets it. So for me, I would much rather have Tariq Cohen. I would love to sell David Montgomery on the name value. Hey, he's going to do the the rebound thing. I, I want none. Am I being too harsh, too direct? No. I, I mean, listen, I just said I was going to sell him too because I don't think it's going to be a long-purpose thing. But I think that a lot of people already have your mentality, and I think there's going to be an opportunity for profit in between what we both think is going to happen. So if I can buy him for what you value him has, and then if he can produce like I think he's going to, and I'm able to sell him, I think that's going to be a good thing. I do not, for the love of all, like I will tote Darius Geis. I think Darius Geis is a talented running back, and I think he is going to be around. I don't think that about David Montgomery. I could easily be wrong on both, but you know, David Montgomery is... I think he's going to get work, and I think that gives him enough value to have him be a trade asset. So that is why I would commit some of my stock to him. Not, for the love of goodness gracious, do not get it twisted that I think this man is going to be one of these Derrick Henry emerges late sort of running backs, though. Nope. Big 12 running back. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm just, yeah, yeah, competition, defense is optional. I, I don't think he has it. I think this is a, a division. Hey, with lots and lots of games where just he was he was putrid too. Like I'm two point whatever yards per game, getting 17 carries and stuff. Like that is just not gonna cut it. Let's talk about a couple of wide receivers that will cut it, and that's Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is a buy to a hold. Uh, I, I I love Allen Robinson. I've I've really come around on my way of thinking. Uh, this guy's had 150 or more targets in three of six career seasons, and one of them is not even fair because he missed the majority of the season with an ACL. So really in his five full full seasons of fantasy football or real football, he's had 150 targets. Target Monster uh, had a, an RB, excuse me, a wide receiver one season last year. Can't say enough good things. And then Anthony Miller. I don't know that anyone had a sneakier 85 targets last year than Anthony Miller. I mentioned earlier, Taylor Gabriel's gone. He's taken 48 targets with him. Uh, I know they brought in Jimmy Graham and they brought in uh, Cole Komet, but I don't know that those get redistributed there. I think both of those guys are going to be non-factors this year. 
So, man, give me all that cheap Anthony Miller. He's another guy that I'm looking to buy. Where are you at with these wide receivers, Jer? Exactly where you are. I would love to have another David Montgomery-esque argument, but I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Allen Rob- I had to come around on Allen Robinson, too. You know why? Because I bought him after his 1,400-yard, however the hell many touchdown season he had in Jacksonville, and that did not work out for me, did it, Randy? No. I pissed all of that trade capital away, and he didn't do much for me. But he's bad. he's just a good wide receiver, and I don't think he gets the love that he really should. If there's a guy that's, you know, he's like Stephon Diggs, but he doesn't get valued like Stephon Diggs does. And, and like you said, he had the every season he's he's been healthy essentially in the games he's played 150 targets. Like if I'm going to make an argument for David Montgomery, I should definitely make one for a guy that gets 150 targets. So. I'm all in on Allen Robinson too, as far as Anthony Miller is concerned. Love the prospect. Problem is he's been super wishy-washy, but I don't think that's because of him. If you watch him play, he's been good. The problem is Mitchell Trubisky throws 17 touchdowns in a season, and he only had two. Now, you're going to have to bump those numbers up, and that's not all on him. But we saw it last year where, at times, he was the guy that Trubisky just peppered. The whole game. Three games, he had over 10 targets. 15. Because Green Bay got 15 targets, nine catches. I mean, this is the guy that Trubisky's looking at. And, yeah, they brought in Cole Komet. That's just fine and dandy. They didn't really bring in anybody. Let's be real. I mean, of anybody that they brought in, you don't give a crap about? Nope. Zero craps. I mean, I'm not even going to give you anything on uh, Cole Komet's a hold if you've already got him. On your yeah. roster, he he's a hold for me. But none of them are threats to Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller. I, they didn't address replacing those guys at all, which shows the confidence they have in them. Yeah, I'm with you on both of these wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, to, to the point to where I don't even really want to talk about the tight ends. Jimmy Graham is a nothing. He's a zero in shoes at this point. All that guy is doing is stealing money. And I want to give you one last interesting stat on Allen Robinson. He is 200 days younger than Michael Thomas. He is basically 26 years old and 200 days, and Michael Thomas is 27 and 100 days. So you're talking about six, seven months younger than Michael Thomas and has been in the league uh, two full years more than Michael Thomas. And he's a free agent this offseason. And God forbid he actually chooses to go to a team with a legitimate quarterback. I don't feel sorry for him. I mean, he did have Blake Bortles. He got drafted there. I, I can dig that. But you chose the Bears in their bass backwards quarterback situation. That's what happens when you chase money. Don't chase money in this world. Chase good management. Chase good talent around you, and the money will come. So uh, I, I'm still very bullish on Allen Robinson. Uh, coaching staff changes, nothing significant. I hope that head coach Matt Nagy changes his mind and decides to use uh, Mitch Trubisky as more of an athlete and let him run a little bit. Make the... Make the defensive coordinator and the defenders respect the run pass option, you know, and that could even help David Montgomery to to a large degree. So you know, open up some running lanes for him. I don't think Mark Ingram's the best running back in the league last year, but he had a monster season because the defenses had to respect Lamar Jackson. And I think if you make the defenses respect Mitch's running ability, it could be the thing that makes this offense go. And what, in my opinion, is a very winnable division with a defense that good uh, for me up down neutral I must say it's 
it's got to be up, man. Yeah, I, I've always said you can't fall off the floor. This team was 29th last year in total points. Uh, I, I could see a, a little bit of a, of a boost into those like low 20s. What about you, Jerry? I agree. I think, it, like I said about Mitch, I think he's going to be better, so I think the whole offense is going to be better. I don't think a ton better. I still think this is not a great football team. Um, and, you know, they are going against some defenses in that division, which are going to be tough. But I want to I want to loop back around on Allen Robinson real quick because I didn't realize he was the free agent. And when you brought that up, it was like a firework went off in my head. Is it actually better if the Bears struggle for Allen Robinson because the value will be perceived down? And if you can acquire him in the middle of the season, do you think it's actually better that that Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears struggle? Because I, I I wrote it down that I'm I'm picking him up no matter what now. Because do you really think he's gonna come back and stay in Chicago? I really like I I don't know the man personally, but why in the hell would you want to do that? I, my thing of it is is even if Mitch struggles or they bring in Foles, Robinson's going to get his. He's going to get his ten targets a game. I mean, he averaged about nine last year. He's getting his. So if you have serious moves and serious plans involving Allen Robinson, I would do it now because as more and more hype builds around this guy, he's going to produce this year barring injury. And then if he goes somewhere next year, let's say he goes to the New York Giants. You know, we like Darius Slayton, but is he a true alpha dog? Golden Tate's a little bit older. I think think that's a good spot. I don't think Sterling Shepard's a very good wide receiver. Sorry, hashtag spoiler alert. We'll get into that later on in the offseason when we get to the Giants. Uh, They'll have cap room. Remember, rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. You can afford to bring in some free agents. And this is an offense that needs some pop. And we saw what Jason Garrett, who's now the offensive coordinator there, did with guys like Des Bryant, guys like Amari Cooper. Do you think Daniel Jones would like to have a weapon like an Allen Robinson? I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So if you have plans to to scoop up some Allen Robinson, I would do it sooner rather than later. And before we get into the Titans sooner than uh, rather than later, I want to take a minute and bring to you a word from our sponsor over at Trophy Smack. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. All right. As always, big thanks to our friends over at Trophy Smack for sponsoring the show. Again, if you haven't spent all that fantasy football money from last year on other stuff or you've not started too many startups, great time to add a championship belt or ring to your league. All right, Jerry, let's knock out this last team. We're going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Now, they finished 10th overall in total points last year, 25.1 points per game. 
Uh, here's some shocking stats. They finished 30th in total plays, 950, but 12th in total yards. That is hyper-efficient. Oh, my God, to finish that low in plays, but that high in yards, that really stuck out. Uh, 5,800 yards uh, total offense. Uh, they were 31st in pass attempts with 448, but 21st in passing yards with, thir- we'll call it 3,600. Uh, they were 10th in rushing attempts. That probably won't surprise anybody with Derrick Henry winning the rushing title. And they were third in rushing yards uh, with 2,223 as a team. Uh, from, a cons- uh, from a continuity standpoint, they are bringing back 78.6 of their offensive snaps. That's the 15th most in the league. And they have an action network over under 8.5. Who's new? Uh, I only wrote down Darrington Evans. We'll get into him in a second. Who's gone? Tajay Sharp. If you're a newer Dynasty player or newer to the Dynasty Warzone, you may have said who? And I'll say ex- <laughs> I'll say Exactly. So, so Jerry, uh, a guy named Ryan Tannehill had a great uh, back half of the season, turned it into a new four-year deal there in Tennessee. Where are you at with Tannehill and this offense? I think I am sort of with everyone else on Ryan Tannehill. I would love to give you some profound thinking, but I, I don't know what to think. Because last year was, what, what did you say, 30th in plays, 12th in yards? Hyper efficient, hyper efficient across but, the board. Uh, but, but like, is that sustainable? I, no. I don't, I don't know if that is sustainable. So I think I am super cautious. But I think that is pretty universal. Like, uh, do, do you agree that it's, uh, or you know, I mean, Ryan Tannehill's an unpopular quarterback, so maybe he's your style. Let me, let me pick your brain. You know. I, if you're going to be a mediocre quarterback, which I think he fits in that that category, yep. Um, he's very replaceable, although he got the contract, so he's going to be there for a couple of years. So he's safe from a dynasty standpoint as like a QB three. Man, I, I'm very concerned for him. For me, he's a hold just because of the contract gives him a little bit of insulation. But I don't know that he can repeat being number one in air yards per attempt. He averaged 9.3 air yards per attempt last year. And he was number two, so number one in air yards per attempt, and number two in yards per catch at 13.4 yards per catch. Dude, that's hyper-efficient. And I don't know how repeatable that is for him. Uh, I, we, we love A.J. Brown. We're going to get into him in a minute. Corey Davis, but... I. Is it po- I always go back to possible versus probable. Is it possible that he repeats it? Sure, anything's possible. Is it probable? I don't. If I can, I cashed out all my Ryan Tannehill. Now I love cheap. I love cheap broken quarterbacks, as you well know. It's my thing. I, I, I like buying the cheap equity and flipping them later. I, I flipped all my cheap Ryan Tannehill this off season uh, in Superflex. I was getting anywhere from the 109 to the 111 for him in Superflex drafts. And I'm like, thank you. I will hand you some Ryan Tannehill, and here's some Ryan Tannehill for you. Happy to do it. I had him as my fourth QB in a lot of leagues, and happy to cash out. But if you have him, I think you kind of got to hold. And quarterbacks will retain their value, so you're not going to get sunk here. And they got rid of Marcus Mariota. They let him go to the Raiders. So there's no real competition for that job. So at least you have a two-year asset. If he doesn't pan out, at least you got like a QB3 type that uh, has shown he can win you a week here or there. These two running backs, man, Derrick Henry playing on the one-year franchise tag, 
And then the rookie, Darrington Evans. For me, Henry, Henry is slightly down. I, I just don't think he's going to rush for another 1,600 yards as I don't think the game scripts this year are going to be as favorable. And if that's the case, if I'm accurate in that they're going to be in closer games late, that's going to mean the passing volume is going to Darrington Evans. And if there's a guy that I'm buying every single solitary share of right now, it's Darrington Evans. Because at some point, if this team's not doing well, I could see Derrick Henry making a business decision. If this team's 6-9 and nine, going down to the last you know couple of weeks of the season or 5-9 and nine or whatever, this guy's going to be a free agent again in a very, very crowded free agent class. I could just see Derrick Henry saying, you know what? Going to make a business decision. Uh, coach, I got a hamstring. Uh, coach, I got a calf. And, you know, Darrington Evans could be used more. Again, that's a narrative. That's a, that's a predetermined thing in my head. It could go the exact opposite and be just like 2019. But regardless, for me, Henry's a hold sell if I can get market for him, which would be a 2021 plus an, an upside guy. I don't know that you'll get that right now unless you have a, a staunch Derrick Henry fan. And then Darrington, Darrington Evans, he was going late second, early third in most of my Superflex drafts. Jerry, as Jerry likes to say, give me all that smoke. Jerry, where are you at with these two running backs? Give me all that smoke. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. Listen, I, I think Darrington Evans is a great buy for no other reason other than the immense value and immense profit you will make in the event that something happens to Derrick Henry. It will be that James Conner when Le'Veon went down. It'll be like what happens if when Dalvin Cook gets hurt and everybody goes gaga for Alexander Madison. That's exactly what's going to happen because that offense features Derrick Henry. And it's not just going to shift to some pass-heavy air raid because he's gone. There's That's what the offense is. That is how it is constructed. They are still going to pile that man on with carries. So I love that take. I also like your take on Derrick Henry because I don't think that is just... The dude was a super freak all last year and even had 200 yards receiving. Now, granted, there was the one where he went for like 90 or whatever it was. So that's probably where that came from. But I mean, 300 carries, 1,500 yards. The, the dude's always going to find the end zone if he plays. That's the good news. I mean, he's had, he has 28 touchdowns rushing in the last two seasons. That's just stupid. Uh, but he's a tank. Like, I would probably die if I attempted to tackle him. So it's... I do think that he's going to not nearly hit that 1,700 yards, uh, however many touchdowns, 18 or whatever touchdowns he had total last year. It, my, my thing is is that he does not have the, the PPR floor to balance that out. Had, be, had, and, had, and I think that's fair. He had eight, I think he had 18 catches last year. Yeah. Or maybe it was 18 targets and 14 catches. It, it was not good, Bob. Yeah, not, 20, not. 20, 24 targets, 18 catches. And, and I'm looking here on a playerprofiler.com, and I'm, I'm doing a little comparison. So Darrington Evans is not a big guy, right? He's 5'9", 203, uh, body mass index of 29, uh, drafted in the third round, age 22. He's a 4'4", 40 guy. He's a, an 86th percentile speed score, a nine, uh, excuse me, an 82nd burst score, and 20 reps on the bench press. That's pretty impressive. Guess, guess who that's eerily similar to? Oh, boy, who? Austin Eckler. Austin, Austin Eckler, similar Wonder speed. Similar Wonder speed. if they did that on purpose. Uh, 
I, I mean, the, the metrics are what the metrics are. And I, I like this offense. Again, I, I, like, I like cheap things that can turn into nice things. This time last year, Austin Eckler wasn't worth a popcorn fart. Now he's going for a first plus in a lot of cases. And I'm not saying, but at some point, this team's going to be behind and they're going to involve this guy. And he's a pretty darn good receiver. And he's a guy that I'm telling you, you will not regret getting cheap Darrington Evans. He's like a great throwing guy. We mentioned it earlier. Hey, you want to close this deal? Throw in Darrington Evans. Good one. And and dude was hyper efficient too in college. I mean, we're talking about a dude that had fourteen hundred yards. So, so I mean, so he can run the ball too. I think the Eckler bit was a good one. I'm I'm a professional, Jerry. Let's talk Corey Davis. Not for this year. If you put Corey Davis in your lineup, that's not my fault. It's not Jerry's fault. But I am I am uh, Jerry. You ever heard of the game Keep Trade Cut? Yeah, I have. I'm really curious to see where the hell you're going with this. I'm, Corey I'm, Davis I'm, bit. I'm playing a new game with Corey Davis. It's called Acquire Hold Flip. I'm going to acquire him cheap now while his value is in the absolute toilet. I'm going to hold him all off season. The Titans did not pick up his 20, 21 fifth year option. And this guy's going to be a free agent. He's going to sign somewhere. Don't know where. It doesn't matter. Because if there's one guy that I've dealt with in my last four years of doing stuff in the dynasty and fantasy space, there is no bigger stand base than the Corey Davis one. So I'm going to be able to double whatever I acquire him for now, this time next year. They're going to be like, see, I told you he's going to New York Giants. He's going to (laughs) Miami Dolphins. He's going to Buffalo. He's going somewhere. It's going to happen. Fifth year breakout. And you know what? You're He's going to be so awesome there. You're going to be so disappointed because sometimes we just fall in love with the wrong people. And, <laughs> and, and the people that realize that they fell in love Tell with them. the wrong People that realize they fell in love with the wrong people are people that are happy. So for me, he's actually a hold because I'd like to acquire him. Just put him on the back of my roster. Not going to play him, but I'm going to flip him. Let's get to the man of the hour and the man with the power. Not just Jerry, but A.J. Brown. He's a hold for me uh, because I don't know that he can replicate the miracle last handful of games that he has, although I think he's awesome. Uh, I, I think Twitter has put his value in a spot to where I'm not comfortable acquiring him right now. There are too many other guys in that range that I would rather have on better offenses. So where are you at with these two uh, wide receivers? Okay. For one, love the Corey Davis take because – and. For the record, I had never heard stand base before. That's a good one. I don't know if you made that up or you stole that, but you should continue to keep using it because that's a good one. I just popped in my head. That's a scary place to be sometimes, but it's where it came from. (laughs) Yes, it is, but it was a good one this time. No, stand base is fantastic, and there is no one that has a more polarizing stand base than Corey Davis. And no matter where he goes, it's going to be better than... Tennessee, oh, my God, Marcus Mariota's got it. Now he's going to be so good. And then he was gone, and then guess who wasn't good? And he's going to get some new scenery, and he's still not going to be good. I love that take. That was a good one, my friend. And I listen, unfortunately for me, the Patreons listen to our show, and I have Corey Davis in that league, so I'm not going to be able to pull that strategy. Unfortunate side effect. As far as A.J. Brown, he has the... Sort of the same thing that Kenyon Drake has going. You know, when Kenyon Drake got to Arizona, 
he blew up. And then he got to the playoffs and he blew up. So everybody, his first thought was how awesome he is. And then when you had needed him in the playoffs, he was awesome. And people ignore the rest of the time when Kenyon Drake was not that great. Now, Arthur, I almost said Arthur Brown, which I think his name actually, yeah, Arthur Juan Brown. I was almost right. AJ Brown was sort of the same way. He comes into the league, he gets 100 yards. Everybody goes, oh my God. Okay. Corey Davis has always been chopped liver. So apparently he wasn't the problem. It was Corey Davis being the problem. And then he starts doing good. He, he, he struggled in the championship game. He did not help you out. But if you had a bye week that first week, he hit you for a buck 50 and two. And then in the either the the semifinals, he hit you for eight catches, 114 and a tizzy. So my man got people to championships. But I think you're right about the hype that has come around him. Now he's young and he's shown explosiveness and he's great. And uh, our, our homie Dan from the, the GOAT district likes to say that he's 101. I, it's a little too much for me. I think you're, I think it's definitely a hold. I don't, I don't think you can buy, like you said, because it's, it's too much. He's gotten into this. He's going to have an 1800 yard season or a 14 touchdown season sort of value. And he's just, he's not ready for that sort of evaluation yet. So I'm with you on that. Not to say that I don't think he's going to be successful, I do think that Ryan Tannehill takes a little bit of a step back, but I do think that he grows a little bit. The efficiency is going to be down. It's going to be a struggle. I think that will get his value closer to the mean, closer to what it should be. Yeah, I I just don't see another season where he averages 20 yards per reception again, and he averages a touchdown uh, in in less than one in, in seven, you know, receptions. He was, you know, getting a touchdown. It was just under that. So I, I don't know that that's going to happen again. It, it's not repeatable. And did you see how they won in the playoffs? How they got to the AFC Championship game? It darn sure wasn't going aerial shootout bonanza. That's not what I saw. I don't know what you saw. I saw Ryan Tannehill pass for 88 yards or like 108 yards. And they, and yeah, they, he was and, like he was like Scott Mitchell just handing the ball off to Barry Sanders. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. And, and, and they, they, you know, they, and don't think, you know, when you're successful with something, you're going to stick with it. And I think people are going to remember the last six or seven games of AJ's season and not the beginning. Now, I know he's a rookie. He's got room to improve. I'm not disputing that. To me, this is a cost versus what I think he can do. So from a dynasty standpoint, uh, I, if I got him, I'm happy, but I'm not actively looking to acquire him. And let's look. The final guy we're going to talk about tonight, Jerry, is a guy getting all that smoke, Janu Smith. Where are you at with Janu? I don't know how to not like him. These are the types of tight ends that I always go after and just hope that they just crush it out of the park. The problem is, I think everybody likes Janu. Like, what about you? Are you are you in on Janu? Because you are, if you have ever been in a league with Randy. He is a master of acquiring great players and then just little sneaky guys. And it seems like your tight end is always some sneaky guy that's just some great find. So what is is he one of your sneaky guys this year? He he really is, especially if you don't buy all the hype Jerry and I are putting on Darrington Evans. I mean, I think this guy can uh, line up in the backfield. He had four rushes last year for 78 yards. Now, one of those was a 57-yard 
you know, run. He averaged 19 yards a rush. I don't know that that's long-term sustainable, but he's a guy that can line up in the backfield. He can motion out. Uh, I, th- I think he's a bit of a mismatch, that classic uh, too fast for linebackers, too big for safety type guy. Uh, I really like him, and you know his, his workload really increased last year with no Delaney Walker there. 44 targets, 35 receptions, and I think there's going to be a little bit more of a negative game script. He played all 16 games. He's done that twice. He started 14 last year. Um, and, and had career highs across the board with the exception of yards per reception, which was down slightly. He averaged 12.5 yards per reception. Uh, he converted 16 of his 44 targets for first downs. So he's clearly someone that Ryan Tannehill is going to look toward. And I really could see the, the pecking order of this offense for targets being A.J. Brown number one, Janu number two, Darrington Evans number three and like Corey Davis number four now someone's going to be cussing me out there because remember there's no larger stand base than a Corey Davis stand base but it would not be surprising to see Johnu Smith be the number two so for me he's a buy although his although he's not like a sleeper he's not a secret anymore no so I I, I do like him but you, you got to be careful what you have to pay for him because the guy is going in that area with him to me, he's in that Gasecki range, uh, probably somewhere just below Noah Fant, and you got to be careful in that range because that's where the price. You know, there's going to be some cheaper options out there. Is the best way to put it. And for me, going into year four as a tight end in a team with uh, the need, this is put up or shut up time. You either, are, as Ric Flair always said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And last year, this team gave you the starting role. They uh, said no more Delaney Walker. Here you go, dude. We got to see it. If I don't see it this year, uh, it's a contract year for him. If he can't do it in a contract year, this opportunity in front of him, it's probably time to seek your tight end help uh, elsewhere. No major coaching staff changes. I just don't see this team repeating 25.1 points per game and being in the top 12 again. So I have to say it's down. I have to think the pace of play is going to continue to be slow. Uh, if you told me they finished between 26th and 32nd in total plays again next year, I'd be like, yes. Do I think they can be hyper-efficient and be 12th in yards next year? No. No, I don't. So I think there has to be some regression here. What about you, Jerry? I'm with you, dude. I just, I, the efficiency is the problem. It was just, and listen, as we were watching it last year, we knew it was just too good to be true, and yet it just kept happening and happening and happening. Listen, defensive coaches get paid good money too, and they are working nonstop, not leaving their houses in quarantine, trying to figure all this stuff out. I think they're going to be able to do it. I think we're going to see a big dip from the Titans. I am totally with you. I think it's... It's going to be a weird team because there's, you know, Derrick Henry is a monster at running back. A.J. Brown is a monster. Jonu Smith is super polarizing, super, you know, the the sizzle. He is he is one of the true sizzle tight ends of 2020. And it all is riding on that team that I just, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment. And that, and I think uh, Houston's still going to be good. I think Indy's yep. going to be better, and Indy always plays the, the 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 Titans very tough, and the Jacksonville Jags are going to be a squirrely out. 
Now, the one thing that they do have going for them is if you use what's called adjusted strength to schedule, and that instead of using the their opponent's last year's win total, you actually use uh, this year's Vegas's over-under win total. So based on that, they have a pretty soft schedule, but too much of, I'm banking on too much efficiency, and I, I see a lot of high-priced, uh, high-retail ticketed items on this team. So for those reasons, it's not that I don't like the guys, it's I don't like their cost. So there you go, Jerry. Another three-teamer in the book. We are now officially over that hump. We uh, we are now up to uh, 17 teams. we got five of these to go. Yeah, I crapped on these teams at the start of the show, but there's actually a lot of guys on here. And then there's a lot of guys of all different values that sort of all over the place that I was glad we got to talk about and sort of work out. And, of course, I'll always argue for David Montgomery because I'm a dope. Yes, you are. And I had it right the first time. Mitch and the Bears did make the playoffs. They lost in the infamous double doink game. I thought that, ah, yes. I, I thought that was a play-in game. I thought that was like a week uh, 17 game where the winner, the winner advanced to the playoffs. It was actually uh, a game where uh, Mitch Trubisky led them down to a opportunity to win the game, and Cody Parkey did the old double doink. So Mitch does have uh, as many playoff games on his resume as Josh Allen. I was correct there. Uh, and we want to say uh, come correct and thank you for, for tuning in. Um, lots of good stuff happening over at the Dynasty War Zone. Uh, next week on Wednesday, we're going to be ranking the 10 players most likely to suffer a reoccurrence of injury or are the biggest injury risks, if you will. And next Friday, we'll have three more teams here, Jerry, on the three-team parlay. We are we are growing, and we are increasing our stand base at all points. You better copyright that, just for the record. I'm trying to get, on, get on there right now and get. Pop, 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 pop. You don't even need to do, to print your your diploma yet. You need to get the stand base copyrighted. I have lawyers. T M Circle C. That is the official uh, Dynasty Warzone property. Um, but on behalf of Jerry, uh, we want to say thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for rating. Thanks for reviewing. Remember. Uh, go over to the Dynasty Warzone. Go over to the uh, Fantasy Football Smackdown. Leave both shows a five-star and give us a way to get a hold of you so we can get you entered into that raffle to win that DK jersey. Jerry, anything else? Nah, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. We'll talk to you soon. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last.